guys. Uh, another cycle and rhythm and tradition that we have here at Antioch is uh, we believe that God is a speaking God, not only through his scriptures. We believe that God is still speaking today. And one of the manners in which he does that is through the prophetic gifting, the prophetic office, and through prophetic vessels and voices. One of those happens to be a member of our family, Becca Greenwood and Greg Greenwood, who run the ministry called CHI, Christian Harvest International. God utilizes them and positions them to equip the body all around the world in deliverance and spiritual warfare and understanding strategic mapping and experiencing the fullness of God. And this is a ministry that's a part of this apostolic family. And so every year, Becca comes and she brings forth a prophetic word for the year and I'm praying with everything inside of me that there'll be no more whirlwinds because I just can't handle no more whirlwinds this year. I'm like, let the whirlwind stop in Jesus' name. But I tell you what, I looked, I looked back on my journal and so many things that were spoken last year, they just became compass points for me. They stabilized me. They helped me through some difficult seasons. There were some assignments that were given that I haven't fallen through on. And uh, I, gotta, I gotta go back and I gotta be faithful to those assignments. And so with all of our heart and with all of our faith and with all of our honor, we welcome Greg and Becca. Come on up here, my dear sister. <clears throat> and... Uh, Hey guys, let's, let's help her. And here's how we help her. We help her by agreeing. We help her by pulling on the anointing. We help her by shouting when it's good and maybe even when it's bad. <laughs> and uh, we just help her by putting our faith out there. And I'm gonna say this one last thing, okay? Cause we're getting up here a little bit late. But uh, I got rebuked last week and uh, I love getting rebuked. Um, helps me out. But someone told me, they said, listen, you need to stop telling people I'm going to hurry up and finish my message. You need to, you need to, you need to stop that. And they said, stop it right now. And I was like, dang. I said, okay. Uh, because, you know, the things that we're trying to accomplish in the Lord, we're not going to put him into some box and some timetable. Okay. So in the event that you have to slip out, we honor that. We just ask that you do that respectfully and quietly. But we want the fullness of what this word is. And so we want the fullness of this anointing. So in the name of Jesus, we just welcome Becca and we welcome this gift and we welcome this word. Not only do we welcome it, Father, we place a demand on it in the spirit. And we ask in Jesus' name that you would speak speak to the body of Antioch, you would speak to the region that we dwell in, and you would speak to us individually in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hello, Antioch. Woohoo! Y'all are hearing me okay? The microphone's positioned good. We're ready, good, ready, ready to go. Well, yay! I'm glad I'm here. I think this is my fifth time here in the past 12 months. We have been traveling all over the world. Last year, we went to Russia twice, Korea, Malaysia, Canada, Mexico, Spain. Um, I'm forgetting some places. Uh, all around the U.S., uh, we're already scheduled to go to Russia, Malaysia twice, Korea, Aruba. I I get to suffer for Jesus in Aruba. And um, so I'm very thrilled about that. And there's a couple other places, Spain and anyway, Mexico. It's just woohoo, go God. And so we're watching him do some awesome, amazing things in the nations of the world and also our nation as well. And so I just want to encourage you because I started getting uh, messages on Facebook and please tell us when you, when you come and speak on Sunday that we have no more work whirlwinds. So I am going to say right up front, the whirlwind is over. Yay, right? 
Oh my Lord. You know, I was interviewing for Sid Roth um, and it should air actually, I think in the next couple of weeks. And I don't know if any of you've heard of Pat Schatzline and he is awesome. He is my age. We need to have him come here sometime. You guys would love him. He is on fire for the Lord and he's interviewing and he's like Mr. Comedian. He sees healings and signs and wonders. People rush the altar to get saved. He can't even finish his message and people start rushing the altar. So like, can you please just sit so I can finish my message? And, but it, Anyway, uh, and people were doing that in the studio that day. There were audience members that under the anointing when he was speaking that started to get saved. And so, but anyway, he was teasing with Sid and he looked at Sid in the middle of the interview and he goes, hey, by the way, did you know that Elijah was a redneck? Because he rode the whirlwind. (laughs) And he goes, and we've all been riding whirlwinds this year. So the whole body of Christ, we've been rednecks. And so anyway, but the reality is the whirlwind year is over. Glory, hallelujah, praise God. And so some of you that aren't familiar with what we do or a group that I'm a part of, it's called the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. And what we do is we gather every November, Cindy Jacobs leads the group. And what I love about this is we spend time in prayer and intercession individually before we go, but then together, we we have three days together where we worship, we pray, we intercede. They literally have microphones just set up all around the table because when you've got like 30 prophetic intercessors and people that have the gift of prophecy in the room and you start worshiping and praying, people just start hearing from the Lord. Uh, Mike and Cindy said, that we, we, and Greg, you were there this year. We spent a lot, a lot of time in intercession this year, and uh, which was awesome. I love that. Uh, Cindy said when they transcribed it, it was 105 pages of notes. And so, I mean, that's a lot, you know, but when you've got that many people in the room for three days who are focused on praying and worshiping together and you're praying and hearing the Lord and encouraging each other, Lord, what is it that you're saying so we can walk in obedience with you? And so what I'm going to give you today is the major, the, the, one, the things that, that were the most consistent. I can't give you 105 pages. I mean, you know, as a book. And so, but the reality is, is I'm gonna give you the consistencies because what's so encouraging is even when we come into the meeting and we have been in prayer and we write out what we're hearing from the Lord, we come to that meeting and you start hearing and seeing the same terms over and over and over and over and over again. And so someone will say something and you'll go, oh, or so you'll go, oh, you know, and then what Cindy does when she sends it out to all of us, she highlights and underlines in bold print the same things that everybody is hearing so we can see that real quickly. And so those are the highlights that I'm going to share with you. So when I share this with you, it means for us individually, it means for us corporately, it means for this region, all right? So those of you that haven't heard me, I want to just give you a little bit of instruction of what we're doing. And now we're going to dive into the word. Are you ready? I'm ready. I am excited about 2016, and you'll understand why as I keep going forward. But I'm going to give you four phrases that that were very common that we were all hearing. This is a year of positioning for kingdom identity. So what do we mean by that? 
I mean, this should always be our stance in Christianity, but we are in a time and a season where there is a grace. There is a grace from the Lord. If you are having battle or you're fighting something in your kingdom identity, whether it be with sonship, daughtership, because, you know, women were sons too, right? And so, but the reality is whether it be in that area, there is a grace in this season to really be able to grab hold and believe and get breakthrough. Amen? Is everybody good? This is a year of kingdom authority. Woohoo! I like this one. Everybody knows, knows me. I'm an intercessor and I have, tend to have that warrior thing going on. We all kept hearing this repeatedly. This is a year of kingdom authority. This is a year of the clash of the kingdoms. We're going to see that in media. We're already seeing it. We're going to see it as things play out governmentally. We're going to see things play out in our nation. We're going to see things play out internationally where there is a clash of the kingdoms. What is the good news? We know who wins the battle. Yes. And so the reality is, is we are walking in that place of kingdom authority in the midst of the clash of the kingdoms, not to be defeated, but to have victory. So everybody say victory. Victory. No defeat. defeat. (laughs) People were hearing terms. This is a year of divine reversal, like a a reset. And uh, Patricia King was speaking at Global Spheres this week. And she said in this reversal and reset place, and I love the term that she used. She said it's a place of establishing altars. It is a place where we establish personal altars with the Lord in our personal lives. What does that look like? God, I'm going to commit to you an hour a day. I'm going to make an altar to have with you an hour a day. It means we have altars corporately. It means that we have altars as families. It means that we have, you were using that term, even in the offering, we have altars, even financially with our finances. It's a time to establish in this reversal and reset that we are establishing altars and we're faithful to them in the Lord. Now, God loves us. Are there going to be times like we say we're going to spend an hour with the Lord that day and things happen and we don't get that? Is he going to be mad at us? No. All right. I don't want to paint this picture of God. Being up there like that's not God, right? But the reality is, is He wants us to be ones that establish those altars in our lives. If you spend 15 minutes with Him, you go to 30. If you spend 45 minutes, you go to an hour. If you spend an hour, maybe He's going to have you go to two hours. Amen? Amen. What is so key this year are those altars in our prayer and belief in the Lord. All right, very important. So this is the theme that we came out with, and I'm gonna give it to you, out of everybody's words coming together, a year of turning the tide. So if we wanna label this a title, we're gonna say it's a year of turning the tide. Now, I looked that up. What does it really mean to turn the tide? It means to reverse the trends of events. So if you've been going through something that seems impossible, this is a season where there is a grace to step in and see those things reversed and go back into a position of God's glory. 
It is a year of harvest. I love this. Yay. Um, And then I love this definition. It, It means the air power that helped to turn the tide in battle. The air power. Our prayers are that air power. Our worship, our fasting, our altars. That is the air power that will begin to turn the tide in the battle that the enemy rages against us. The theme scripture that we were all getting, Isaiah 59, 19. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Woo! This was the theme scripture. Everybody kept talking about it. Everybody kept get, getting that when the enemy keep, comes in like a flood, that if we will stand in that place of faith and belief in the Lord, not speak out negative, not think out negative. Listen, what we were hearing this year, it wasn't just what you speak, it's what you think. If you think it, and you start believing it, and you act out on it, you're going to feed the negativity and get negative outcomes. Let me give you a spiritual warfare lesson. If you speak out something negative, the enemy and his army of darkness is going to take it and run with it. They've spoken it out, I'm going to make it happen. But when we speak out the truth, of who God says we are. When we speak out the goodness of who he is, what we then do is empower the angelic realm to fight on our behalf and they take that word and they war with us. That is exactly what we were all hearing, that God is releasing angelic hosts to fight on our behalf this year. How many of you see, I'm just going to be all charismatic this morning. Are we okay with that? All right. How many of you see in the spirit in this room? Yay. All right. I do. I kind of do. I see with my you know, eyes and then I see in my spirit, but I have four angels assigned to me. They go with me. When we went on our prayer journey to France, Spain, and Portugal, the team can tell you, I can hear them. When I worship, I hear them. They are there fighting on my behalf. They are with me. They go with me everywhere that I go. Amen. God has dispatched angel armies. We were all hearing that. We will have angelic help this year. Lord, we thank you for angelic help. We thank you for the messenger angels that will come in dreams, just like what happened with Joseph. He didn't know what to do about Mary, and the angel of the Lord came to Joseph, and and he said, take the child and the woman and go to Egypt, and he fled to keep them to safety. God's going to bring that kind of intervention in our lives this year. Lord, we say yes. We want angelic visitations. We want messenger angels. We want angels that are going to battle with us on our behalf. Woo! Come on. So when that enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will establish his standard. 
What does it mean to be a standard bearer? <laughs> the standard bearer was one that was in a, a military or a regiment, a battle unit, and he would hold up that banner. He would hold up that sign. And when they would go into battle, he would always be right next to the leader. And when they were in this battle, they would always look. They'd look for that standard bearer so they would know the direction that they had to keep pushing in to win that battle. Listen, in a battle, if you did not see the standard bearer and his flag or his sign, whatever it was, it meant that he and the leader had been killed. It was the worst news they could get. But if you came in and you saw the standard bearer in the opponent's army and you went after that standard bearer and got that standard bearer in the enemy's army, it was a place of great courage and authority. This is what God's giving us this year. We have an, a prayer network and we had our annual conference at Global Spheres and uh, Chuck allowed us to use his building. And he got up and he started speaking to us about this year. And he said, this is your year. This is the year for people who do what you do. This is a year of the clash of the kingdoms, of kingdom authority and learning how to contend in praise, in worship, in prayer, in spiritual warfare, learning how the angelic armies are battling on your behalf and knowing it and believing it. This is a year to have a mindset of victory and success. Now we should always have that because we believe the goodness of God. This is a year not to go into something thinking I'm gonna fail. This is a year to say, God, you said when the enemy comes in like a flood, you will raise up a standard against him. And my voice in partnership with you, I am waving that flag in the spirit. I am praising you in the spirit. I am releasing that flag. I am praying. I am contending. I'm not whining. I'm not going to God saying, oh God, please, I beg. Oh God, uh, this never goes right. Oh God, why does this always happen to me? Way different. That's not prayer. Prayer is going to the Lord and saying, God, this is what your word says. Lord, I'm standing on the goodness of your heart that you are who you say you are. And I'm going to let that standard rise up in me. When the enemy comes in like a flood, I won't even let my thoughts go there. I will take them captive for the obedience of Jesus Christ. Woo! Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Mm. God's good, yeah? Jane Hammond brought this quote from Winston Churchill. Because to be a standard bearer, it's a position of great honor. You give honor, and it's a position of honor. How many of you know we're in a position of honor in the kingdom of God? Listen to what Winston Churchill says. One of the signs of a great society is the diligence with which it passes culture from one generation to the next. You've been teaching on tradition. This culture is the embodiment of everything the people of that society hold dear. 
It's religious faith. It's heroes. When one generation no longer esteems its own heritage and fails to pass the torch to its children, it is saying in essence that the very foundational principles and experiences that make the society what it, are, what it is are no longer valid. This leaves that generation without any sense of definition or direction, making them the fulfillment of Karl Marx's, Marx's dictum, a people without a heritage are easily persuaded. What is required when this happens? and the society has lost its way, is for leaders, that be us, me and you, to arise, who have not forgotten the discarded legacy and who love it with all their hearts. They then become the voice of that lost generation, wooing an errant generation back to the faith of their fathers, back to the ancient foundations and bedrock values. to encourage everyone. What we heard in this meeting is, we're not like waiting for the next great awakening. We're in the first wave of it. Personally, corporately, and even in the nation and nations. This is what God is calling us to do, what we just read. Not only personally, not only as a church, but as the body of Christ. And let me tell you what we heard across the room. Guys, God's not just moving in nations. God's moving incredible in our nation. There are pockets. Listen, in Arizona, they have baptized over 1,200 people in Skyway Church in the, in the past 14 months. God's glory. We are at the first wave, we're on it, of this next great awakening with his glory. So we take the words that have been prophesied. And I brought this up and some of you be like, why would she be bringing this up? Remember the story of J.L.? When she drove the stake into Sisera's temple, right? <laughs> Picture's worth a thousand words, right? Actually, this is part of the prophetic picture of us this year. Not screaming and yelling. I'm not saying you have to do that with the enemy. But the words that God has spoken. And when we speak them out in agreement, not the negative place, not the whining place, not the complaining place, but we speak it out in agreement with him, it is driving that stake in the spirit of kingdom authority and the harvest will break open. It's called a vav in Jewish culture. Is everybody good? Psalm 56, 9 through 11. Whew, I got to hurry. In the day I cry to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know, that God is for me. God is for us. God is for you. God is for your family. God is for our city. God is for this church. God is for our nation. God is for the nations. 
In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not fear, what can man do to me? I didn't know this. Y'all had a message last week about contending. My next point is we got to be in that place of contending. We got to learn how do we contend? Is it through worship, fasting, prayer, declaring his word, speaking out prophetic promises that he has spoken? Yes. Listen, I wrote this down. You know how sometimes God's given you something and then you go back and read it and you're like, whoo. The next point I had was pray faith-filled prayers and trust that God is going to give you the solution. Now listen to this. When you pray only what you think you can make happen, that is not faith. Faith stretches us beyond our limits. You must pray faith-filled prayers. If you lack faith, surround yourself with those who have it. Let their atmosphere of faith seed faith in you. So Lord, we're going to believe, we're going to have hope. Every place where there has been hope deferred, we say, Lord, we put our hope in you. We put our trust in you. We put our faith in you. You are a good God. God, we trust you. God, we praise you. God, we exalt you. God, no matter what circumstance, Lord, I'm going to open my mouth. I am going to praise you. Lord, give us a holy discontentment. And Lord, any place, this is what we we talked about as well, holy discontentment, no more lazy Christianity. If you've planted a lot of seeds, pray over those seeds, water them. Lord, I planted these seeds. I remind you of those seeds. I'm watering them in prayer. I'm saying yes to the seeds that I have planted and that you have planted in me. Lord, I water them by your presence. Lord, I water them by saying yes and amen. You want to stake claim to the land and possess it. That was one that was underlined and highlighted in bold across the board. Woo! Got the stake. Are y'all doing good? Aren't you glad it's not a whirlwind year? You want to stake the land and claim it. A couple of scriptures that you can turn to and look at later, because I want to get to a certain part in this message as well. You can look at Job 5, verses 8 through 11. It's talking about making that appeal to heaven. I'm appealing to heaven on behalf of myself. I'm appealing to heaven on behalf of my family. I'm appealing to heaven on behalf of my city. Is everybody all right? 2 Kings 8, verses 3 through 6. Great scripture about how, you know, Lord, the Lord's gonna, he's gonna cause things as we build these altars, as we believe, as we believe and we come back into this place of hope and we stand as that standard bearer in kingdom authority, as we're partnering with him. God's, there's gonna be things that begin to be restored. Relationships are gonna be healed. Marriages are gonna be sealed. Prodigals are gonna return. And I'm, I'm heading into a part where I'm gonna talk about that. And I know you've heard me say that before, but I'm saying there will be those of you in this room that will see that happen this year. 
If you say, Lord, I say yes to your word and I'm gonna step in and believe. I'm gonna pray into it. I'm not gonna whine. I'm not gonna complain. I'm gonna say yes. God, I pray in agreement. God, I surrender all. God, I give it all to you. God, I know you are a good God. This is a powerful quote and statement. I don't want it to offend you, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Standing and declaring to the, to the assignments from hell and the army of darkness that you will not hold up what God has for me, for my family, our resources, our church, our region. Amen. You will not hold it back. I am a child of the King of kings and of the Lord of lords. He is a good God. I've got angel armies battling on my behalf right here, right now with me. I've got unclaimed desires and destinies that are held up in the throne room of heaven that I'm saying, God, I'm watering those in prayer. I say yes, where I have been in hope deferred. I'm gonna shake myself out. I'm not gonna let the enemy keep me bound in hope deferred. I'm gonna lay hold of the claims that you have said in heaven. And I'm gonna say, I dare to believe again, God. I dare to believe again, God. I dare to believe again, God. A righteous voice is rising up that will not be silent. Why do we have to have faith in God? And I'm just going to say it. We all felt very strongly that the persecution that we're seeing against Christianity is going to continue at least for another year. It might even increase. But the reality is, is if we pray... And we contend for righteousness. We are at a very pivotal moment where we can see righteousness shift back even at a national level. If my people will humble themselves and they will pray, not just pray, it kept coming up even this weekend at the conference, where's spiritual warfare? Who's giving the clarion call on how to war in the heavenlies? We must war. Everybody okay? I told Jade I'm going all charismatic today. When the enemy comes in like a flood, don't be the victim. He is intimidated by you. That's why he wants you to be intimidated. It's like dealing with the bully. They want to intimidate you. Well, don't let them. Intimidate back. I'm preaching this morning. Now, I'm going to share with you because when we were in ACPE, I almost came out of my seat several times because the Lord gave me this message. I'm not going to give the whole message. I'm going to go, is it all right, just like five more minutes? We're okay with that? I got to get this part out because this is one of the key parts. Everybody kept talking about, and Greg was in the meeting and heard it, the sound. Gosh, Jonathan, we were here that Sunday when you spoke on sound. It was so good. And I'm over there going, oh, you know. And I mean, I'm, I'm taking notes and because I couldn't be here for the whole series. And we all kept hearing about sound, the sound that we carry, the sound of prayer, the sound of worship, the sound of praise that we're carrying is so very important. When we come together and we're all worshiping God in this service, it's not just for us individually. We are releasing a sound over us corporately. We are releasing a sound into the region that says the king is here. I have a sound. I have a sound right now. Do you hear it? I do. 
It's a kingdom sound. Acts 2 is when the Holy Spirit fell on them at Pentecost. And when they and there and we kept hearing that this year is a year of sound. It was a year of suddenlies that we're going to have those suddenly harvests that we're going to see them come quickly. Who wants a suddenly? Lord, I dare to believe again. Lord, I dare to believe again. Listen guys, I'm preaching faith to you cuz I'm slapping hope deferred in the face. What I am doing is warring on your behalf this morning in this message. No more hope deferred. He's a liar. Dare to believe again. Dare. He will meet you there. Acts 2. Jesus said, I've got to go. I'm going to send a helper. So they all 120 gathered and fasted and prayed, right? They didn't know what it was going to look like. He just said it's going to be better, right? And so in Acts 2 and verse 1, it said, when the day of Pentecost had come, and oh, I could give a whole prophetic thing there, but I'm not going to. They were all together. But I will say this. We are almost at the 500-year mark of the Reformation movement. 2016 is the year leading up into the 500 mark of the Reformation. That will be 10 Jubilee years. When the day of Pentecost... Pentecost is Jubilee. Pentecost is 50 days. They were all together in one place, together, like-minded, in agreement, in one place. They weren't yeah yaying or bickering over little things. They were together saying, we don't know what it is we're believing for, but Jesus told us to do it, so we are. Suddenly, this word suddenly literally means something that was hidden or invisible that had never manifested in history, whoosh, happened at that moment in an instant. Suddenly, Lord, I need a suddenly. Lord, we need suddenlies. A sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven. This mighty rushing wind literally meant that it carried a burden that went into the deepest place of a person that could respond to God with the breath of life of God. And in that instant, they were changed instantly from the inside out. Mighty rushing wind. Can you imagine? Here they are in this room and the Holy Spirit comes. And I mean, I bet they are just like, oh, What is this? Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And this word sound, this is my favorite part. Is everybody ready? I am. It means a blast of a trumpet. It means a good report. It means the roaring is the sound of the ocean. I love the ocean. It is my happy place. You know, God's glory, I think, probably sounds like the ocean. So you got that whole glory But not only that, it means the roar of a lion. (laughs) It wasn't this little, it was this, whoa. And they were changed instantly in an awesome and in a good way from the inside out. Holy Spirit is not wimpy. He is not a wimp. I am not a wimp. I have Jesus. I have that spirit, the breath of life that got in me. I dare to believe again. And I'm going to share this with you. Jonathan, can you come play? 
This sound of the lion? I went on a trip to Zimbabwe in 1999. And if some of you have to leave, I know it's late. Y'all can go on. But I'm going to finish this part. Yes. And we're in Russia. We preach till midnight. <laughs> and you're like, please, can I stop preaching? Can I go home? I'm tired. Anyway. I went on a mission trip in Zimbabwe in 1999. And we took ex-NBA players. I don't know if you know their names, Dave Jameson, Dave Woods, some of these guys that used to play, they were real big back in the late 90s. They were Christian. We took Harlem Globe Trotters that were Christian. We were preaching all over the church in Zimbabwe. And these basketball players were going and doing schools, doing camps in the schools, the public schools, teaching them basketball. And then they would preach Jesus at the end and get them saved. We had an awesome time. So there is a guy that owned an animal refuge there in Zimbabwe. And he wanted to bless us because he came to our conference. We blessed him. He was a Christian. He said, hey, all you come, I'll give you a private tour of my animal refuge. And they rescued all these young animals from the time they were just little babies. And, and so, but they grow big. They don't stay little and cute and they're wild. So then they have to build all these big habitats. And, and so, you know, he's taking us around. And he takes us to the rhino one. It's the first one. And the rhino's like really big. And I mean, he's full grown. And, but he's tame, kind of. Praise God for the wood fence. Anyway, but he comes running over and puts his head over. And he starts doing this with his lips. Me, 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 me. Because he's trying to kiss his owner. And the owner gave that rhino a big sloppy kiss. Yuck. And, and so then the owner said, don't you want to give the pretty lady a kiss? So the rhino turned to me and he went, no, I'm not kissing the rhino. That ain't happening. So we start walking around and seeing these other wild animals and we get to the lioness cage and this is, it's a chain link fence on steroids. And so praise God. And, but she comes over and and she puts her head up against that chain link fence and she starts rubbing her head like this. And the owner puts his finger through and scratches behind her ear and she starts purring. I, I, I mean, like really, it's like loud, you know, be a cat a thousand times on steroids. And we're like, oh, she's just a kitty, kitty, kitty. And so we all got to scratch her little ear and she's purring and all the NBA players were all gathering. Oh. Well, he goes, well, let's go see the lion. We're like, ooh, cool, okay. We go to the lion cage. And same thing. Big, intimidating lion walks over. And, and but he puts his head up against that chain link fence. And he starts purring. It's way louder than the lion is, right? And, you know, and he's scratching behind his ear. And, you know, and he's rubbing his ear. And we're all like, oh, the lion's just a big kitty, kitty, kitty. You know, we're all reaching over and scratching it, going, oh, kitty, kitty, kitty. Well, this is a setup. Because the owner, the refuge owner, didn't tell us what he was doing. And while we're all mesmerized by kitty, kitty, lion, lion, one of his workers drops a bucket of fresh red meat for that lion's lunch right behind the owner. So while we're all, oh, we're all just gathered around and, oh, you know, he grabs hold of that fresh bread meat and he stuck it up in front of that lion. And that lion went from, oh, kitty, 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 kitty to, roar! I mean, I was like, oh. All the women paralyzed in fear. The NBA players screamed like 12-year-old girls and ran. 
we told them, man, if you'd run that fast in the playoffs, you would have won. They abandoned us to be eaten by the lion. They were, ah! Never seen grown men run so fast. <laughs> the roar of the lion of Judah is alive in me. The sound of the mighty rushing wind that fell on them at Pentecost releases glory, releases victory, releases peace, releases love, releases joy, releases a roar. Hey! Hey, I dare to believe again. Hey, get off my family. Hey, get off my finances. Hey, get out of my church. Hey, get out of my city. Hey! I have a roar. And I'm roaring. You've got a roar. You've got a sound. Whether it be like Becca Greenwood worshiping and shouting, whether it be on your knees. Listen, when the Holy Spirit filled them, it meant completely. And this is the best part. It just didn't mean the people. It meant the tabernacle. It meant the entire family of God. It meant every generation of that person that was filled at that moment. The whole family line and heritage and generation would be filled with that same spirit. we want to be filled generation generation with your love when they started to pray in other tongues it was a joyous ecstatic language it wasn't one of I'm preaching at you it was one of that's why they thought they were drunk Peter was changed instantly he didn't say, let everybody come up to the tabernacle and pray here. He said, oh my gosh, we got to get it out. And he took that joy out and 3,000 people got saved. We're in a harvest season. We have a sound. We have the anointing of God in us. Lord, right now for every prodigal, we call them in in Jesus' name. We dispatch angelic armies to fight on behalf of our generations and the generations to come. Lord, right now, over each person in this room, God, I just kneel and I say, all hope deferred that has gripped my friends in this room, get out, go now, in Jesus' name. Lord, we welcome your glory. We welcome your fire. We welcome your sound. We welcome your victory. Holy Spirit, you are not a wimp. You are not a man that you would lie. So Lord, right now, we say yes to you. Every place where the enemy has tried to rob from us, we say no more. We dare to believe again. We dare to believe in you, Jesus. 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 
God, change us from the inside out. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on us. Breathe on me, Jesus. This is a year of the turning of the tide. And God, may we be the standard bearers for your glory and for your kingdom. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes, Jesus. Hey. Give us a holy discontentment, God. Holy discontentment.
look with great hope, great faith, great expectation. Lord, we say yes to the sound you have placed in us. Let it come forth. Ignite us to pray. Consume us, Lord. Fill us up again with hope. God, thank you for your angels. Let us know they're there. Let us hear them. Let us see them. Just like what you did with Elisha's servant. You caused his eyes to be open to see that they had more, way more for them than were against them. Let faith arise. We thank you. This is the year of turning the tide. Divine resets, divine reversals. We dare to believe again. We dare to believe. You are a good God. You are a good God. We put our praise and our hope and our trust in you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you will raise up a standard against him. We believe. We believe. In Jesus' name.